we're rolling here and what is up real estate investors hope you're doing well <laughs> so it scared me i wasn't ready i was like getting sorry it's my fault did i jump yeah okay you're listening to the homeboys podcast recorded in our indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience here's your hosts clint and scott what is up, real estate investors? You are with the Homeboys in the Homeboys podcast. Super stoked to have you here today. We got an exciting topic. We're talking about something that is a little sexy in the real estate industry. We're talking about Airbnb and investing in Airbnb. First of all, I'm with my very, very handsome and charming co-host, Mr. Scott Adams. Always oh, overselling me. It's not. I get feedback from people all over the country, mm -hmm. and I just kind of bring it to the show. Yeah, letter after letter. I do. That co-host of yours is amazing. That's it, man. <laughs> I'm a very lucky guy. Yeah. Very lucky guy. But, Danielle, well, how are things? Good, good. You? Good, man. We, uh, we got a bit of a heat wave going on here in Indianapolis. Don't yep. really want to be outside much. Fish it's, aren't uh, biting. Are the fish not biting not for you? Biting. Are you out a lot? A little bit. Kayaking? No, no, haven't done that in a few weeks. When it's too hot to kayak, yeah. you know it's too hot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I almost went swimming in my lake the other day. You should. Yeah. Do people actually get out in the lake and swim? Yeah, there's a lot of kids. So there's there's an interesting family, like, let's see, four houses down from mine on the lake, and and they do homeschooling, and it's they, they like, have a group homeschooling mm -hmm. where other kids come over. And you can tell when it's a hot recess day because there'll be 10 kids out there swimming in the lake, you know. I just don't want to get out of the house. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know, like uh, when my kids say that they want to go to the playground in the backyard, I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, you got to involve uh, water if you're going to be outside. It is something. But I hate to complain because, you know, being in Indiana, we know that, you know, it gets really cold in the winter. <sighs> So I'd much rather be really, really hot than really, really cold. So I should stop complaining about yeah. it. And I'm not. I shouldn't be surprised either. I mean, kind of how Indiana is. It is how it is. We've got terrible weather here. We it's do. hot in the summer, humid in the summer, and cold in the winter. It's just dreadful. Yeah, just great dreadful. place to invest in real estate. Great place to raise kids. Terrible place to be able to enjoy the weather. It truly is. Yeah, it truly is. We get like the, the like the. Uh, three to twenty day period in the fall that is always my favorite. And you know, like oh, sometimes magic. you don't even have a fall, but most years you know you don't know. You get you get a week, two weeks, sometimes a month of of nice fall weather. That's what it's all about for me. But. It's it's funny looking back at my college days. I like my memory every day was that temperature in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that stands out that way for me, but like you know, Bloomington, Indiana in the fall is the most magical place on earth. And part of, the, I mean, it's funny that you say that because part of the reason why you know, fall is like my favorite time is because, you know, even to, to this day, you know, I go to most of the Indiana University football games and like the weather is always awesome for those. And it's yeah. like, you know, being outside, I got the family, normally some friends and grilling out and all that. It's just, it's my favorite time it's of year. It's magic down there. And now IU football is kind of on the map. So like, Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've got a really good team. Like everyone's back from last year and. We watched a, I've watched a lot of losses over the years, so yeah. kind of having a solid team is kind of exciting. Yeah. But uh, but talking about exciting, let's get into our topic for the day. And the reason why I say it's kind of sexy is like you know it's just it's something that is that is n relatively new. People um, 
you know, we're getting a lot more traction, people asking about it. Let me first preface this by saying Scott and I are not the Airbnb experts. We're not. Um, we do have a little bit of experience, and we have a little bit of interest that is not really fully fulfilled yet, you know, either. So right. we're, uh, this is a bit of a learning experience for us today also, but we're going to give you our opinions, what we do have experience with in Airbnb, and what we seek to learn and what we also think could happen, you know, with Airbnb, the, the supply, the demand, you know, those sorts of things. So let's just, uh, let's just get into it a little bit. Let's start with what we, uh, what we have done. You know, why don't sure. you, you kick us off? You're the one that got us into it anyway because yeah. you kind of had a knowledge of a certain market in, right. in Florida that I did not have, and we kind of dove in, so... Yeah, you and I both have a lot of history down in Florida in different areas. And, um, um, you know, when I travel, and I think a lot of people are this way now, I think back to early in my 20s and 30s when I would travel, I'd get online and you'd go to Marriott or, you know, Expedia when it first came out. And you'd find a hotel room where you're going. Now my first stop is VRBO and Airbnb. It's interesting to me. So, you know, so when when I started doing that more for traveling – we found that there was a niche in Florida in a particular place, Cape Coral, um, for us, that there was demand that hadn't been satisfied. Some yet. people don't know Cape Coral. It's right next to Fort Myers. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just, just across the river from uh, Fort Myers, and it's, it's an interesting city. It was a swamp, and it was a scam um, by this guy out of Baltimore. Have I told you this? Yeah, I've seen yeah. the book. This yeah. is the book, the big, tr- the big lie. Or? Yeah. The Big Lie, I think. It's a great book. It is, yeah. But basically, he was, you know, selling swampland in Florida, calling it oceanfront property. And he ended up selling it all. So, because he, he made all the money, he thought, well, I guess I'll make it come true. But originally, he was trying to scam people. And uh, so, he created this, out of the swamp, he dug canals and created the land masses in there. So, it's basically like the Venice, <laughs> Italy of, of uh, Florida. It's not quite as no, scenic no. as Venice. No, but, but it's it's got the but most. But it is a boaters. It's a, it's a boaters it's a, paradise. A, yeah, it's a mecca for I boaters. Mean, it's it's just canal after canal. You don't mm-hmm. even need a car. You could get around right. by by boat. But anyway, um, we knew that there was a, a high demand there for Airbnbs and and um, VRBO rentals, and so we went out and we bought a few of them. Um, and I, we didn't buy existing VRBOs or Airbnbs. We went and bought foreclosures because that's what we do. We fixed them up, furnished them. And uh, and so that's our, our basic experience with Airbnb and VRBO is, is we bought these. We had uh, someone in that town that we knew, fairly trusted. Um, and so we just went and tried it. Yeah. And, and did so, it. We, so we fixed them up. Um, and let's go back. This was like what? Five years ago, four, four or five years ago. Yeah, maybe six. Okay, somewhere yeah. in there. But then we we fixed. We bought these properties foreclosed, you know, distressed. We fixed them up, and then we were just renting them out through a property management company. Right. And so originally it was his property management company, which was great because we trusted him. We knew him. Mm-hmm. He cared well for us. And then why don't you tell folks about the fun journey after that? Well, I mean, it, the wheels <laughs> came off pretty quick. Um, <laughs> But um, we just, I mean, it, we're around remodels a lot. So, we, you know, we got a feel, a, a feel for, you know, how things, you know, should go. And it just, just didn't seem 
some of the requests that we were getting, some of the work orders just didn't really match up. And, you know, one in particular was the swimming pool. Um, she said we needed to have a whole new swimming pool for like $35,000, I believe was the number. And I'm like, well, I just, just had a pool guy out there. And, right. we, you know, we paid. But anyhow, called the same pool company we used previously, and it was a fix that we got done for under $500. Yeah, and he said I told her that. Then we had an insurance insurance uh, like where our insurance company was requesting you know different things and we were having a hard time getting things that the insurance was going to drop us. Um, oh, that's right. We needed pictures of a couple of things. Right, and it was about the same time that this thing happened with the pool. So my wife and and I only had one child at the time. We we did a surprise visit, and we showed up at the house when our portal said that it was vacant, and it was actually occupied meaning that our property manager was taking all of the money and putting it right in her pocket. Um, so it kind of goes back to other podcasts. You know, the, the, the management, you know, of it just really brings everything full circle. And we had, a, we had a property manager that didn't know up from down and was a thief. And um, We inherited but, them. You know, our hands were kind of tied. They bought the business from someone we trusted and cared about. And, yep. You know, so. But anyhow, it wasn't all a negative experience for us. And it was a great learning experience um, because ultimately, we even having such poor management, we were still, like, not losing. Yeah. You know, we, oh. weren't, we weren't losing. And no. we had, you know, a, a property manager that I, I really don't think she could spell property management. I really don't think that she could. She was, she was from Germany, I believe. Right. Um, didn't speak, you know, the greatest English in the world. But. Yeah, yeah, and wasn't the brightest. Right, but, uh, but you know. Well, let's be cautious here. So we had a second project manager who was amazing, who also spoke German, and we're not talking about her. We she are not talking awesome. about her. Her name yeah. was Claudia, and she was yes. amazing. She was amazing. And very kind, yeah. and did a fabulous job. Yeah. And she ultimately, um, we decided that we were going to sell. And, the market and, was up. And, and the market went yeah. way up. I mean, it, we sold it for, what, almost double. Yeah, it would have um, been very close to double what we paid. Right. Um, it was just a lot of headaches and, you know, it was just, I mean, and We've I think got a business here mm -hmm. and, and uh, yeah. And I think that's the one thing that, that to mention about Airbnb is there's lots of moving parts in property management anyway. And we specialize generally in yearly, you know, rentals. Well, now you've got people that their longest stay is going to be 30 days in your house and more likely you're, average stay is five days or six days. So, you know, we do a tenant turn on the properties that we manage, you know, once a year, you know, uh, once, at, once every 18 months on average, you know, here you're, you're doing some sort of turn weekly, monthly. Um, you know, it's, it's just, there's a lot of other moving parts with it. Um, your maintenance is higher because there's more in and out, you know, that's just, it's just how it is. You get people going in and out and, you know, I think that that's one of the things that we did. We, we did away with doing daily or two nights or three night rentals and it had to be a four night minimum. Right. Because really, if you've got someone going in for a night, just moving their stuff in and moving their stuff out, you're not making any money. Right. I mean, there's just, there's no money. I'd rather it's set there vacant right. than have someone in, in for in for a day. Yeah, I, I believe at, at our price point we we're paying, and this was early on in the management business of Airbnbs. Now, now you can go to any market that has them and, and find someone good. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies now that specialize in this, but I believe we were paying as much as 50%, mm -hmm. um, you know, of, of, 
of every dollar you make goes straight to the management company. And I, I had lunch with one of our accountants uh, yesterday, and he just bought in um, Breckenridge. Did I tell you that? Mm-hmm. And he, they're charging him 35%, but it's a like a $1.2 million place. Um, so it's higher right. rents, so I'm sure that there's, a, there's a scale there. But, but anyway, I, I want to just touch on one thing before we go further, which is, um, you know, we're in real estate. We don't mind learning things and trying them. You and I are both the same from the same school of nobody taught us anything. We go out and we try it. And dive in that deep end. Just boy. dive in. Just get in there yeah. and figure it out. And so yeah. we went down to Florida, mm-hmm. and we bought two right away. Mm-hmm. Like on our first trip down, we made probably 15 offers. Mm-hmm. We would have taken all of them if we got them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want a fun t- trip. It was neat. It was a fun trip. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I just wanted to quickly touch on that and say, if you're thinking of doing real estate, that first step, I know it's scary, but make that leap. Correct. You know. But I think it's interesting to talk about, you know, how much Airbnb has changed in the time that we were doing that and now flat fast forward to now. You know, we were buying we bought that well below market value then and now this market, you know, you don't really see anything going for, you know, under retail value. And in a lot of areas the hot market, like for Airbnb, have already been kind of identified. In some of those areas, you're seeing properties go for well above a appraised value because of the cash flow that they're bringing in from Airbnb. Right. And I think that's a very dangerous place, you know, to be. Like, I still think it's, it, you know, me personally, I don't want to buy just off of Airbnb cash flow. Because I worry about, and I'm anxious to hear your views on this, I worry about if I bought off of just Airbnb cash flow, that what happens when all these other investors go in and the supply goes from here to here, and then all of a sudden my cash flow you know, goes down because of this growing, this growing supply. Yeah. So... You know, what I'm saying is like there, there, are, there are now investors that are selling their Airbnb properties, say if it's worth and say if it's a you know a really nice you know vacation type area and it's say it's you know six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars appraised that would be like the appraised value of a house they're selling it for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars based on the income method based off of the income that it that yeah. it brings in. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a really scary place to be. You know, we've seen hedge funds. Would you be a buyer no, if something if something was bringing let's let's just inflate it. Say it was bringing nine thousand dollars a month, and some of these places do. Like you know, if you got a Destin, Florida, or some you know some you know vacation type destination, you know, if it's bringing in nine thousand um, dollars, you know, are and it appraises for let's say six fifty, and but it's on the market for eight hundred grand. I mean, are you a buyer? That's the dumbest question I've ever been asked. You know, the reason I, why I ask is because there's so many people out there that would do it. No, I'm not based a off buyer of the cash flow because you know we give a pro forma, right. and you're looking at a cash on cash return of seven to ten percent, and right. then all of a sudden they they see a pro forma on this Airbnb, like oh, it's fourteen percent return. You know, I get it, and and we saw hedge funds do that with traditional houses, and and they didn't get caught with their pants down because we've had so much appreciation. Um, you know, these hedge funds were going out and not particularly Airbnbs, but just rental houses and paying 
based on what they could get mm-hmm. for the returns over paying for places. And they didn't get burned because the market appreciated. So there was some luck involved there. But on an individual level, you can't afford to take that risk. If for some reason the Airbnb market changes or dies or like Madeira Beach, Florida, it gets outlawed. Six-month mi- rental minimum for a certain area. There's, did not know that. There's a lot of areas mm-hmm. that are, are against these Airbnbs now. And so they can take that rug right out from under you. You suddenly have an asset that is no longer cash flowing and is no longer as valuable. So not only did you take away that seven fifty to 600000 in your example, mm-hmm. did it suddenly become just worth whatever the market value is, not the income approach method? The property values went down in that area because suddenly overnight, nothing was a cash flowing asset in that entire area. So it got hit for a year and a half. You know, we've seen this happen in, in markets. So, so that's the long answer to don't ever do that. Right. So if I'm an Airbnb investor, I'm wanting to get into to Airbnb and I start looking and it could be anywhere. It could be, you know, here in Carmel, Indiana, Fishers, or say, you know, you're in Charleston, South Carolina, or, you know, where, wherever it is. And I, I, I research it and I'm like, well, I just can't find anything in what I think would be a good Airbnb area within this market, you know, at a retail price. So your, your response would be, then don't buy. Correct. Correct. Don't buy. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm just for scary. the sake of conversation. You know, Cause I know what people are doing now. I mean, people are just saying, Oh, well the cash flow is there. So right. screw it. Let's, let's, let's dive in. I mean, we're, we're fundamental investors though. You know, we, we base things on almost the worst case scenarios and, and, so if you're buying based on rose-colored glasses, it's too much risk. There's just too much risk. There's no reason to do that. You can find other areas. Now, I understand people doing that if it's in an area where they take their kids and they're going to rent it out part of the other time or something. There is an emotional element right. at play. And that's fine. If you're you looking know, for family memories, stuff like that. Whatever. Yeah. You and I both agree. I get that, it. You know, you put family above money, and, and, right. and so if that's important to you. However, if you're buying based on simple simple numbers. There's a million places you can buy these. In fact, one of the things that I've been most surprised about is where you can buy these and make Airbnbs work. Our hometown of Carmel, Indiana, Fishers, Indiana, never in a million years would I have dreamed that it has such great returns on Airbnbs. Never. Indianapolis. I had no idea. My first exposure to the idea was you had a house downtown um, that you lived in. And during when the Super Bowl happened, whatever year that was. 11, people, 2011. 2011. 12 was people one of the were two, offering yeah. like $20,000 for that week to rent your house from you. Mm-hmm. you know, for the week. For the week. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was my first exposure. That, you know, and that was a, obviously a unique situation with the Super Bowl. However, that, that was my first idea that people do this everywhere. Right. You know, and so um, you, know, you and I are going to buy a couple right now. We're in the process. We're of we're, it. we're in the pro. We looked at one this morning that, uh, and it's a much different price point um, than what I'm talking about. Like in Florida, right? You know, this is uh, you know on the market for around two hundred thousand yeah. dollars just down the street from our office. But you know, I had a call last week um, from a good friend of mine. Um, he grew up with him. His his granddad was my eighth grade history teacher, one of the pillars of the community, and and my friend's done very well for himself. He owns a, a 
several gyms, uh, you know, a franchise gym that has like ex- exploded. About. He got in early and it's yeah. orange, freaking orange theory, orange theory. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. Like yeah. he's like, he's doing great, but he's interested in Airbnb, like in the, in the panhandle area yeah. of Florida. And, you know, I t- it's funny because we didn't even, hadn't even really talked about this. I told him, you know, exactly what I said about, you know, appraised value. And I said, but, you know, if, it, you know, you're wanting a place for your family to go also and enjoy. I mean, there is, there is a little, there is a little different. But I think you bring up another interesting point where people think of Airbnb and they only think of like, you know, vacation destination type places. But, you know, I don't consider Carmel, Indiana really a vacation destination. No. But there are many things that happen, like, uh, you know, um, athletic tournaments and theater and, you know, all the things that go on that do bring people to town that are interested in Airbnb. I asked you about that at lunch. I said, um, so we have a place up here called Grand Park, and it's somehow become a national center for, like, softball and baseball. And the Colts travel. also do their, their training camp there. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't even know yep. that. But, but, I mean, it's a yeah. it's a mecca for AAU tournaments, softball tournaments, right. all that stuff. And I said, well, let's buy a couple up there. And your response was, it's saturated, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, who, I wouldn't have in a million years thought, okay, there's, a, there's an area in Westfield, Indiana, that's saturated with Airbnb rentals. I, I mean, it just wouldn't have crossed my mind ever. That's part part of my education in this is, is a couple of guys that we've been working with, Colin mm-hmm. and Bo, and you know they're really well versed in Airbnb. Yeah, and they brought it, it's really you know piqued my interest a lot more. You know, they brought financials on some of these places, and they're dealing in some really high end Airbnb stuff. You know, my explanation to you was like I think they could film the next season of the Real World. Right. You know, at, at some of these places, but we're going to use you know, them to help us manage what mm-hmm. we buy. Correct. So, um, yeah. I mean, they, 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 they get it. They know, yeah. they know. We own a doing. property management company here and are going to own rentals and have someone else manage them. You know, I think that's at a point that you want to, we want to quickly touch on, which is hire the experts for your particular thing. Yeah. We're saying that we're not the Airbnb experts. Right. We're going to, we're going to outsource. Our staff is trained into the model that we have and right. don't feel like it's something that we really want to, you know, train our staff in. So we we're, we're, kind of partnering with, with them to do it. That's but. true. We do have a little control because we're going to be more of a partnership with them. And, mm-hmm. and, and But, yeah, so we're going to be launching this. We know that uh, a lot of folks have, have come to us. A lot of our clients have done this um, also, you know, through other places. And it's it's I think it's a difficult thing to offer clients by f- groups like ours just because of the cost, like you said. It's, it's hard to make any profit at all and offer a product like this to your clients because you've got the cost to, you know, buy the property, fix it up into a really, you want these properties to be very attractive. And you also got to worry about the deferred maintenance stuff and, you know, the hotel like items, there's a lot of expenses. And so to be able to pass that on to a client, it's difficult without paying above the appraised value of the property. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you are, which I'm not preaching that you do that at all, um, you have to be in a point where it's in a really unique, you know, area and just super, super, super sexy. I mean, you know, really, really neat place. But, you know, I, I'm i like you. Um, you know, we do a lot of our investing together anyway. But I, I, I go off of the <clears throat> appraised value, the ARV, you know, more of, than from the cash flow. So talking about that, what I think the biggest concern is for me is that Airbnb, super sexy, everyone's in. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've rented places just like you have off of Airbnb. It's really cool. Right. You know, I went to the U.S. Open a couple of years ago out in California. 
We stayed at Airbnb in downtown Carmel. It was fabulous. We had a right. fabulous experience with it. Yeah, last night yeah. my trip got canceled to Yellowstone because they're closing the park a week early in September. And so the first thing I did was with my dad on the phone, we both got on Airbnb and started looking at new, new places. places to go. It's incredible. You know, and we found one. But what happens is whenever there's a sexy new thing, then people get in, like I just, you know, like mm-hmm. I just said. Where does the point of saturation you know, come in. I mean, how far does this go? Like, we've talked about this because, you know, I'm a Disney family. You know, me and me and my wife and our girls go to Disney, you know, what, right. probably way too much, but we, we freaking love it. They, you know, they built a whole community. You know, how many hundreds of homes down mm-hmm. there that it's 100% Airbnb? Right. You know, at some point, when does the supply outreach the demand because of everyone that is flooding to get into it? Sure. We saw it kind of happen in Cape Coral. You know, I don't know that it ever was a tidal wave, but it reached the point where, you know, having 100% occupancy was was not... When we first did it, I mean, you couldn't keep people out of the place. I mean, you, you had more demand than you had availability 100% of the time. And then we saw Cape Coral kind of start to turn the other way, not because demand went down, but supply went down. A lot of people, the secret was out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You know, in a place like where we're going to be buying here in Indiana. I think the risk is fairly limited, but someone big could come along and really uh, put their foot down and do this. We've seen hedge funds do it with rental properties in certain areas. They could come in and do that with Airbnbs. You know, there's risk with all of this stuff. So since you don't know, should I go to like TikTok and like, yeah. like some kid that lives in his parents' basement, see what they have to say, and then maybe just kind of go along? <laughs> I, saw <a> t- <laughs> I saw a TikTok last night. I meant to mention it at lunch, but I saw a TikTok last night where this guy literally was showing the ha- a house that he said, I bought this for this at the tax sale, and I bought this, you know, put this much in it. All of a sudden, well, I was bored, so I got my laptop out, and I pulled up a real list and looked it up. Realist is our, we have this uh, software access where we can see what everyone pays for everything pretty much. And he didn't even get the tax deed. He bought a tax certificate. and uh, He probably doesn't know the difference. No. Right. So he doesn't own the house. He thinks he owns the house. And right. he had put money in it in the TikTok. It drives but, me crazy, man. But the, yeah, it's insanity out there. You got to be careful who you listen to. I mean, it's just insane out there. Oh, I, I, I saw one where, where they're out there preaching... To, to buy it off of cash flow. Like, oh, who cares, you know, what the appraised value is. I mean, if it's bringing in $8,000 a month, you know, whatever. You know, it's just, I think it takes people like you and I that we worked through and survived the Great Recession. Right. You know, to, to realize that this market that's that, that we've got in front of us right now is not going to be here forever. I mean, a lot of people it's, it's don't. Gonna, it's going to change. They've never experienced a down market, you know, if you think about the last you know, 10 years, you know, that it's, it's been going in one direction. And so and I'm not blaming them because, you know, no. like, like I, I remember being young and whenever, you know, I was doing my model, which I won't get into, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. I'll be done by the time I'm 30. Me too. You know, you and, and I both had that same experience right. early in our careers. You know, I thought, Man, this is incredible. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah, you know, God reached down and smacked different. us across the I'm face and said, you. boys, you got to work hard for piece a living. Of, <laughs> piece of humble pie real quick. And you know, that's going to, that's going to, that's going to come. It's just, it's an interesting topic because I think it's probably the reason knowing you and I, the reason why it's interesting is because we're still intrigued because we're not experts on it. 
and we want to know more. Mm-hmm. But I think our reservations are something to really pay close attention to because, you know, it's just like uh, I know the Panama City Beach market really, really well. Right. And uh, my, my parents had a condo whenever I was a young kid there. We still own it to this day. Right. Um, and back in the 90s, there wasn't much supply of condos in Panama City oh, Beach. Oh, yeah. You know, so you saw a huge boom, you know, around 2001, 2, 3, 4, All those buildings five. are either 1980s, 70s, 80s, or they're newer than 2000. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly what gap. they are. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's a rental condo. Yeah. And, you know, we were, we were renting it out like 300 days out of the year. You know, and then that went to, you know, now it's 210, 215, right. you know, because supply you know, it becomes greater. And with that, I mean, the demand is, and we're in a weird time now, the demand's so crazy that's pinned up from people being in their houses for the last year and a half due to COVID. But I think this touches on that risk factor again, which is there is a little higher risk in these, in our opinion, just because your costs are greater, the rug can get pulled out from under you in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And you're going to most likely be in the property for more than it's worth, no matter how you cut it, you know. Because you got to furnish it, yeah. And once it's furnished, the furnishings aren't worth squat, you know. They aren't oh worth no, anything. Correct. So that money's just gone. If so, if demand dies down, the cash and the property isn't cash flowing, your place is pretty much worth whatever the market mm. says it's worth. And I don't want to get into how we furnished our places right. down in Cape Coral, <laughs> but I just say that we're not good at that either. You know, furnishing no. condos is not. Uh, it's not my level of expertise. No. To our but credit, to, though, we did finally find, and we didn't use them, but we did find the solution at the end, which is the company that furnishes all of Disney's mm-hmm. corporate-owned houses. Mm-hmm. We found the company that does that and got pricing for their packages. So right. we did find an answer. We didn't use that. We found our own way. But we did find yeah. the solution at the end. Yeah. But, you know, there's just, there's just lots of unknowns. It, there. Could it work? Yes, it could. Like, right. you know, we're looking into it ourselves. There's places that we currently own that we're looking to maybe transition out of regular rentals. When I say regular, yearly rentals and turning them into Airbnb. But it's something to be very cautious about. You know, I think that at some point there will be a lot of people that get burned on Airbnb. I think it's the people that are going to be buying above appraised value. Because, I mean, you only have one exit strategy if you're buying way above, above appraised value. When the market goes down, your one exit you know, strategy is to either sell to someone else, uh, another Airbnb investor, which if the market turned, they're going to be gone. Right. So then the only other way that you're going to, your exit strategy is to dump your price and then you're losing substantially. So right. I don't know where a lot of this is to be seen. Like I said, if you have any questions, go to TikTok <laughs> and just look up Airbnb investing. I'm joking, but, uh, but we are we are open to, to hearing your thoughts. We're still learning about Airbnb. Again, we are not the experts. I mean, Scott really claims to know everything about real estate, but there are very few topics that he isn't the guy on. <laughs> you know, yeah. the truth is we probably have more Airbnb experience than 99% of uh, real estate people out there, though. Oh, you we know, do. Between us. We do. You know, I was thinking back to... Um, Punta Gorda, when I did those condos, when I couldn't sell that last one, mm-hmm. we turned it into a rental. I forgot about that. Right. That was back in 1999. Um, so anyway. Maybe why we say we're not the experts is this, there's a lot of, since it's so new, and there's still a lot of, there's a wave that will even things out. Right. I don't What does that wave look like? I don't know. But 
if again, like with all of the the teachings that we we try to put onto our customers and that we live by, be conservative. You know, yeah. do do your homework. If the deal isn't there, good things happen to those who wait. So we are we will be sharing with you our Airbnb experiences in mm-hmm. future podcasts and other content that we provide. Uh, right now, hit subscribe down there if you haven't already. We love putting this out. We're going to be doing lots of fun things going forward here and walking through houses and showing you kind of the process that we do. So please continue to join us. Until next time, happy investing.